the blast from our past network. Supernatural, Halloween, exploitation, slashers, and everything in between. Welcome to the Podcasting After Dark Watch List, the show where a guest chooses a topic and the hosts, along with the guest, discuss their top five favorites. Light a candle, hide your Ouija board, and enjoy the Podcasting After Dark Watch List. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Podcasting After Dark Watchlist. I'm Corey, and this week, my guest is Tim from Talking Back. Tim, how's it going, buddy? It's going good, Corey. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm really excited. Big fan. Dude, dude, oh, dude uh, right back at you. I'm a big fan of your podcast, and I I think once we, we initially started talking, I, I started really listening to you guys, you and your brother Dean, uh, man, I've been a fan just from the get-go, and uh, I was... I couldn't wait, basically, to have you on the show. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. <laughs> oh, thank you. That that means a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, same same right back at you there. We're, we're big fans of your podcast. We're pretty new to the whole podcast um, landscape. We, we've been, been around for maybe five months. But when we got started, I wanted to kind of, you know, start listening to and connect with um, other podcasts like our own. And podcasting after dark was the first one that i found that was actually listenable and enjoyable so it's uh it's really cool to be on the podcast with you t- today thank you man i i appreciate that and and right back at you it's it's it seems like a weird thing to compliment you on but like you guys sound great and and in a sea of all these amateur podcasts and that's us like i would consider like anyone who hasn't been doing it for 10 years like last podcast on the left the the rest of us were all just amateurs trying to make our way in the universe and uh you guys sound great you guys sound professional right out of the gate and you and your brother have a great rapport and i've heard a couple other episodes with some other gentlemen on there as well and you you guys all sound great uh but at at its core um, I love listening to you and Dean talk about. Well, let's uh, let's give a little rundown. You guys talk about uh, comic books, movies, video games, and some retro stuff, but also modern stuff too. It's kind of like whatever sort of tickles your fancy, right? Yeah, that's basically it. We try not to talk about anything brand new. Um, you know, we're called Talking Back for a reason. We like to talk about things that we love from the past. But really, what we do is we just we have this platform where we can talk about whatever we want, whenever we want to. So we'll get an itch for talking about something, you know, maybe a memory comes up or maybe you see something on TV and it's like, Oh, I remember that movie. I got to talk to Dean about that. Well, let's, let's record the podcast on it. So it's just, it's a really flexible platform for us to be able to uh, just talk about stuff we love. So, and, and it's an added bonus that you guys sound great doing it. So well, thank you. Yeah, you guys sound great too. So I know, <laughs> Thanks, like I man. mentioned, I... there's, there's some real bad sounding podcasts out there. <laughs> yeah. There are some real stinkers and yeah. uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I hope that they improve. I mean, I dude, when I started out, man, you, I didn't, we didn't even release some of my earlier episodes <laughs> uh, on one of my other podcasts. That's kind of now defunct because it was just so bad. But I think, you know, if anyone sticks with it, they, they're going to improve and uh you guys have been around pretty much as long as podcasting after dark has been so we're, we're kind of like the same age uh podcast wise but um uh, normal human age not podcast age uh what, what's your age bracket bro um so we can all kind of get an idea of the movies and stuff that we're going to be talking about on on this episode 
Well, I think you and I are, are similar. I'm 41. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was born in uh, 78, February 15th, 1978. Me too, 78. So we're, we're nice. right there, right in the, right in the same, <laughs> right in the same, <laughs> same sweet spot. Awesome, bro. Yeah. That's, all right. Well, perfect then. This is, we're both, uh, we're both 80s kids. Uh, exactly. 80s exactly. And, and early 90s kids. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, so it, you're, you guys are clearly uh, an obvious, um, uh, uh, like, uh, a podcasting after dark adjacent podcast. Like, if you like what, what we talk about on the show, then I think you guys are going to uh, really dig what uh, Tim and his brother Dean talk about on Talking Back. So, and you guys were at the top, just to let you know, you guys can find them on, you know, Apple Podcasts and, and Spotify and pretty much all the all the usual podcatchers. And I'll post uh, all the kind all the links in the show notes and whatnot. So, but let's uh let's dig in let's start having some fun with lists because we all love lists and uh what are we this, doing this week cory well this was your choice my friend <laughs> oh okay i'm sorry Shoot. <laughs> so would you like <laughs> would you like to tell everyone what uh what you picked uh for us to do all right i will i'll do that i thought it would be really fun for us to talk about some of our guilty pleasure movies so yeah. movies now we're talking about specifically sci-fi and horror but movies that we love that we probably shouldn't. So <laughs> movies that pretty much suck, right? And if yeah. you were to show them to someone else, they're going to be thinking, what the hell is this shit? This is terrible. And then you kind of get offended and maybe you cry a little bit because you love them so much. Because, yeah, it's they're, they're so near and dear to your heart. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. I, and I think we, we all have those kind of movies. And they, we all have them in different genres, too. It doesn't have to just be, like, sci-fi and horror. But that's what we sort of uh, focused on here. And, and we, we kind of sort of aimed at the 80s and the 90s. Uh, but I, I have a, I have a two, actually, from the 2000s that we'll throw in later. So it's it's fun. It's, it's a fun little idea. And I love these little uh, uh, thought experiments. Because it's also, you got to take into account, I'm looking at these movies i'm like okay i like this one i'm like well this was kind of really well received so is it a guilty pleasure you know and yeah i i I kind of skewed towards yeah stuff that i kind of knew that people didn't really dig on or at least it's it's not the popular opinion to to like it and i've only picked i only picked one official podcasting after dark movie uh on here so uh, so, but i did have to throw it in well you know (laughs) what i I actually did the same cory <laughs> nice. I'm I'm excited to hear which one that is. Um, I made so, sure to check um, IMDb or no, sorry, um, Rotten Tomatoes. I made sure to check my movies first to make sure that they did actually suck. And uh, I did have to pull one off because it was too well received, like you mentioned. So <laughs> that's hilarious. I I went with my gut. Now I'm afraid uh, to see what um what what the okay. All right, okay. all right, all right. <laughs> luckily, luckily, we're just doing this for fun. So exactly, exactly. There's no winners here. We're all winners here because right. we get to talk about crappy movies that we love. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Now. Tim, are these like for you? Are they in any particular order? Do you think that number five is any better or worse than number one, or are they in uh, just sort of a uh, random order for you? I did order them from okay. from five down to one. Yeah, and did you base that on the Rotten Tomatoes? No, I didn't. I based okay. it on uh, gut. Well, gut, and I did rewatch them all, so oh. I kind of put them. I kind of I kind of melded like what I remember them as in my heart and then what the rewatch did to me. <laughs> so, so you rewatched them for this episode? I did, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, dude. I Jesus, I feel like an asshole. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I hadn't seen them in a long time. They're my guilty pleasure movies and I started to feel bad like these are my guilty pleasure <laughs> movies and I haven't seen them in so long. Like this is my chance to get them in, right? Because it's home yeah, it's homework I have to do. 
<laughs> well, dude, I am I am impressed, my friend. And uh, and if I am ever on your show, I will put in the same level of commitment. And you don't and you don't effort. have to. <laughs> it, oh man, it, it hurt. It was painful. It was a painful painful task. <laughs> All right. Well, you do the honors. Start us off with your your number five. And uh, the way we did it before, um, if say like your number five is actually my number three. We'll talk about it in depth when we get to my number, when we get to like, or whoever the lower number is or higher number is. Sounds good. Um, yeah. So, so I'll tell you if, you know, we'll just tell each other if we already have that one and then we'll talk about it then. I think the only chance that we have a match is the, is the one podcasting after dark. <laughs> sure. I, don't, I don't think we'll match on any others here, but who knows? Who knows? I'm excited to see. <laughs> All, right. All right, buddy. T- take us off. All right. Number here we five. go. Number five. With classic lines such as, this is an unauthorized thought process, and shall I intestinate, is 1992's Fortress. Or as oh. as you called on a previous podcasting After Dark episode, Future Prison. <laughs> I, lo- <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, man, I remember uh, that one. That's uh, That was with Christopher Lambert, right? It was, yeah. Christopher Lambert, Kurtwood, Kurtwood Smith, and actually... On the rewatch, I was surprised to find out that Jeffrey Combs was also in it. I, I yeah, I think Zach maybe mentioned that on the episode or something, dude. I saw that movie once on VHS one time, probably in 1993. Yep. I do not remember it. Is it good? Is it worth revisiting? No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. I thought it was. <laughs> so I, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> I, I put it on my list. Um, I I have such great memories of this film. It was one that I watched so many times. Um, my big brother must have had the VHS, so I was just able to watch it over and over and over again. But on the rewatch, it's so bad. I, I didn't mm. even understand. I think my brain must have shut off when I was watching it for probably 80% of it. And I only <laughs> remember just small fragments of it. But it's, what I love about it is the whole idea of this prison. It's The fortress is a prison that some of these characters in the movie get sent to. And it's like this dystopian, well, the, the year it's set in is 2017. So I love how these, <laughs> like way back when in the 90s, they, they show what the future is going to be like. <laughs> yeah, we're old enough to kind of like remember when they thought the future was like 2005 and it was some kind of dystopian nightmare. And sure enough, it's 2020 and it's a different kind of dystopian nightmare. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's they get sent to this prison, this like maximum security futuristic prison. And for me, it was a really neat idea at the time. Like the, the prisoners, well, it's just, it's a 33 level prison underground in the desert. So there's, there's no escape really. And, um, which is great for budget. I'm sure. Right. Like, didn't they just use like an old warehouse? Oh, probably, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. The set was not 33 levels, but, but they do do a really good job of making it feel like that. Like there's a camera pan at the beginning, taking you into the prison and you go down level by level and you get to see what's on all these different levels. So it's, it's really well done. Uh, just a really weird story though. Uh, but yeah, these prisoners, they can't really go anywhere. They've got this bomb basically in their intestine. Uh, they, have, oh, they, have, right. they have to swallow something. And then if they cross into an area they're not allowed to be in, it explodes. They're dead. So like a little running man or so at the beginning. Totally, totally. Um, just very difficult to see how they're going to get out of this situation. Right. So it's the main character 
and his wife, they both get sent there because um, they're, they're doing the horrible crime of trying to have a second child. So I guess, I guess it's set in China. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're both there. It's really weird. Like the prison watches you 24 hours a day. It's it's run by an Android and a, a computer security system. And they like they follow you in your dreams and they try to interact with you in your dreams. Just really interesting idea. I think it really worked for me when I was like 14 years old. And now yeah. now it was, I would say out of my whole list, they're all watchable now, except this one. Avo- okay. Avoid at all costs. Well, it's it's a shame too, because uh, the director is Stuart Gordon, who directed Reanimator and From Beyond. And we, uh, I am currently editing our Return of the Living Dead Part 3 episode, and uh, that's directed by Brian Usna, who wrote um, Reanimator and, uh, I think, From Beyond. So he has kind of like a close relation to Stuart Gordon, and we were sort of talking a lot about Stuart Gordon, and we're actually going to probably watch Reanimator and From Beyond back-to-back at some point. So it's a shame that, that this isn't that quality. It's not up there, which I assume you've seen from uh, Reanimator, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so this this doesn't even hold up to that level of Stuart Gordon quality. Uh, no, no, this is one of those movies that you almost have to watch because it's so bad that you couldn't believe yeah. it. Like this, the stuff they're doing, it's it's just I don't know. Uh, it's, it was tough. I, it was tough. It was really tough for me to go back and watch it because I had such great memories of it. Um, but yeah, seeing it again, ee, oh, yikes, Corey, <laughs> Corey, <laughs> ah, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> I felt like I was in prison with them for yeah. a long time, more than, more than two hours. Oh, man. All right. Well, my number five, I did not want to put a lot of Podcast After Dark stuff on there, so I want to just kind of knock this one out of the way real quick. It's my, my only Podcast After Dark movie, and I think at this point, you guys know how much I love it if you listen to the episode, but Zach, not so much, and it was Hardware. And 1990s, uh, um, Richard Stanley directed Hardware. And I I don't need to go in too much about it because we did a whole episode on it. And uh, I know it has a strong cult following, but I I am fairly safe in in assuming that it's a guilty pleasure for pretty much anyone who saw it. Uh, Have you seen Hardware? I have not seen Hardware. I I listened to your podcast on it, but I have not seen it. But I will see it. I will see I, because it's, I on, your, you it's on your list. I will. I'm writing a note down right now. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. I promise. And if you, if we ever hang out, uh, if you ever come down from Canada and we hang out in Oregon, uh, I have it here on Blu-ray. We can watch it together. Perfect. So let's do that. <laughs> Make a little uh, hardware. Maybe we'll do an audio commentary on it or something. And you can be like, why the hell are you making me watch this garbage? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know why. I get it. I get the guilty pleasure. But yeah. um, so, I mean, you probably don't want to get too much into it because you have a whole podcast on it. But yeah, but really quick, really quick. Give me a quick quick scrub of why why this is your number five when i was a kid i loved the world building that's in this movie i love the grittiness the comic book vibe feel that it has um it's it had that perfect 
like dystopian sci-fi future that I really liked. It was kind of steampunk aesthetic style. So like aesthetically, it looked great. Um, Story-wise, I enjoyed it. It had some little bits of, of violence in it and had little bits of nudity. So it kind of like had a sprinkling of everything. And right down to the fact that the one of the characters, Mo, Moses, has a robotic hand. And I don't know what it is about characters with robotic hands because I love Radchek from Starship Troopers. And <laughs> to this day, I'm like just excited to live in a world where I can eventually have just a robotic hand because I think they're super fucking cool. And I don't know why. <laughs> would you cut your own hand off just to get one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and, and yes. And all I would do with that robotic hand is just tr- like crush beer cans with it. Oh, totally. Like, Look what I can do. <laughs> and oh, I'd, I'd shake people's hands really, really hard. <laughs> yeah, like just shake Robocop. everybody's hand that you can. Anyone you come across. Oh, man. And I, you know, I even thought about putting, like, Starship Troopers on this uh, this list. Yeah. But I, it's – and this is, like, uh, going into the mindset of it. Uh, uh, you know, I'm like, I think Starship Troopers is a good movie. Like, and True. again, and, and the weird thing is about calling all of these movies guilty pleasures that I think – Uh, Maybe aside from Fortress, you and I can probably make an argument that these movies are actually good and and that, you know, they deserve a shot and, you know, they're not just a guilty pleasure. Yeah. But it's 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 weird to kind of dip your toe in. But, uh, you know, Starship Troopers, I like that one, too. But I I feel like that one was a little bit more well received. So I kind of it snuck off the list. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that might have been a bit of a weird fit. Yeah, Uh, at least looking at my list. (laughs) All right. Well, let's uh, let's go into your number four then. All right, my number four. With classic lines such as, fuck you, spaceman, and I come in peace, dot, 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 and you go in pieces, asshole. I know the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I have from 1990, I come in peace, also known as Dark Angel. (laughs) Yep. Oh, dude, I'm good calling that one. I'm oh, glad you called man. that out. <laughs> the- uh, uh, so real quick, I'll just just because I know so little about it. I've seen this movie once. All I remember is the flying discs. Yeah, I think that's yeah that okay. Um, and is correct me if I'm wrong. There's maybe a director's cut, a mythological director's cut that's supposed to be really good for this movie. Mm, I actually don't know about that, but I would like to see that because I think this movie is still pretty good. So a director's cut, okay. that'd be interesting. Yeah. So so you just watched it. How, how does it hold up? I thought it held up really well, actually. Uh, And here's something I didn't remember about it, Corey. This is a Christmas movie. Ah, hey! (laughs) So get it on your Christmas list. Yeah, I know. This is how the movie starts off. A guy is in his car. He puts a Christmas CD in the CD player, starts playing Christmas music, and crashes into a Christmas tree lot. What what else do you need? That's I'm sold. Christmas movie. that's perfect, dude. We may have to put this one on the list uh, for for next Christmas. Is it? Does it have any nudity in it? I can't remember. Oh, does it have nudity, Corey? It has the best stripper boobs I think I've ever oh. seen. Oh my! Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw that out there. It, it's it might be the best. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what, uh, guys and gals out there in the podcasting world, I think this might be a strong contender for 2020's Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, do it. Do it. <laughs> and, and the violence is good, right? I, I do remember it having pretty decent violence. It's pretty good violence. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool story about an alien who comes down to Earth. He's injecting people with heroin and then extracting um, some type of endorphin that's being produced from the heroin out of their brain, I think. And... Then he's taken that back to his planet to sell it to the people on his planet. So it's like this su- okay. super drug he's making. Yeah, but and he the the guy the alien guy he was somebody right? The, he was that someone. Seen... Yeah, yeah. I think his name is uh, Matthias Hughes, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, he's been in stuff. I think he was in. Um... Oh shit! 
like uh, King of the Kickboxers Part Two. I think he was in. The... He's been in some action movies. Yeah, he. he You'd recognize was... his face. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to pull it up now. Oh, interesting. By the way. I just started typing into IMDb, I Come in Peace, and it's pulling up as Dark Angel now um, in in the search. And it's actually Dark Angel, like, in the official IMDb okay. title now. That's that's really – I've never seen that, like, in my life. I never knew it as Dark Angel. Me, yeah, me neither. I've only ever, like, heard it mentioned here and there that it's called – like, that was the other name. But to have IMDb actually, like, completely rewrite that, that's wild. That's weird. Like, why go through the trouble? I don't know. Oh, wow. That's weird. And it, I, one thing I remember about the movie, uh, besides, obviously, it's, it has Dolph Lundgren in it, but the guy from Dream On, that HBO show, uh, Brian Ben-Ben. Yeah. I, yeah, I, that guy. I was like, oh, shit, because I only ever knew him from from uh, from Dream On. He was really good. He was really yeah. good in it. Um, yeah, I don't – like, this movie, it's like a – what I forgot about it when I was re-watching it for the podcast is that it's a really, really good detective story. I went back in thinking, oh, this is an action movie. I remember it as being an action movie, but I forgot that it was a really good detective movie. But it's got all the like 80 movie tropes in it. It's it's super hilarious uh, when you when you watch it. I am like, yes, I obviously I always know this movie exists. I know that I've seen it, but it's never been like a priority of me to to go back and watch it. But honestly, you really you're really pushing me to do it because it sounds like it's it's actually fun. Well, I had you at stripper boobs, right? Yeah, yeah, you did. You really did. I'm I'm easy. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, it is. It's it's worth watching. It's it's really good. It's I mean, it, like a lot of those movies, you just have to laugh at them. Yeah. Right. But but at the same time, it did have a lot of good things going on. So um, that, that one, I was it was a pleasant rewatch. Uh, they do something really, really good here, too. Like for the movies at this time, this didn't happen very often, but they actually developed the story in the opening credits rather than just rolling uh, the credits on the screen. Right. So I really appreciate that because there's nothing worse than just like sitting through five minutes of names coming up on the screen on the screen <laughs> when you're trying to get into the movie. So. Yeah, this, this, yeah, this no, would have been this would have been around the time where they were just kind of stopping that. So, well, in 1990, that's the same year that Hardware came out. So they okay. they, they both have that. So that's a that's awesome, dude. That's freaking awesome, man. All right, I'm actually I actually I want to stop now and just go watch <laughs> that movie and have us like record an episode uh, for that one. <laughs> uh, all right, well, my number four is I don't I can't think of a single person that would say that this is the remake is better than the original in, in this case um but it's near and dear to my heart Tom Savini directed it Night of the Living Dead the remake okay and I I can I mean I can watch it right now and tell you I, I understand why you know why you say it's bad I can tell you I can totally see why you'd say it, you don't like it but I saw it in the theater when I was a kid, and to this day, it's one of the movies that I have to watch every single Halloween. And I and like to get into the mood for for Halloween and whatnot. I love Tony Todd in it. I think he's fantastic. Um, I love the uh, the short redheaded uh, girl who play, who plays uh, Barbara in it, and uh, she went on to do I think um, uh, Deep Space Nine or something like that. But. Uh, I love that movie, man. I thought the special effects were awesome. I thought the zombies were really cool. And I just thought it was really well done. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I quote the fuck out of it <laughs> all the time. All the time, dude. Like, I will say, God damn you. God 
damn all of you or also like talk about like cooper like what you gonna do koopa that's two and i don't know why it's it's the one movie on here that i can honestly say that i truly don't know why i love this movie so much it's probably because i just saw it at the most perfect time i think it was i think it came out when i was like 13 or 14 and i was just like this is awesome i love this this is fun do you have any experience with return night of the living dead the remake i don't i do not Uh, no okay when did it come out do you know Funny thing is, Night of the Living Dead remake came out in 1990. Oh, so, whoa. Maybe, you know what, dude? Maybe that's saying something about my age and, and maybe your age too. But like, you know, the year 1990, we were born in 78. So what were we, 12 at that point? Yeah. Um, that's like the the perfect age for you to really latch on to something that you dig, you know? And because you sort of have the, you have the autonomy to like latch on to it and sort of dig in deeper and like maybe rewatch it when you're younger you kind of you're you're at left to the devices of your parents you sort of see what they like sort of let you see but 12 12 is like perfect and i saw this fucking shit in the theater bro how did you get in uh, I do back then, man, uh, I lived in like sort of a small town and I think it was one of those things where if your parents bought your rated R ticket, they could, the, the ticket person would just sign it. And then when you go in, you know, so me and my buddy Luke, uh, you heard me talk always about Luke on the podcast. It was like my, my friend growing up and, uh, yeah, we just would go see horror movies all the time at this rinky dink theater in, in the town that we lived in because it was no big deal. And they would just sign the ticket. Ah, that's so cool. I never had that experience growing up. I was, we talked about it on a, actually uh, a recent episode that we had, but yeah, we just, we didn't sneak into the movies. I was always envious of the people who did. I was always too scared to do it because we actually had to get past the people, right? Like you'd have to go in, buy your ticket go into your theater and then sneak out of your theater into the rated R theater. And then they had people coming down the aisles as well, looking for underage people. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah so, they, they, they didn't care at all here. And I wonder, was that a, is that Canada versus us? Is that like a different sort of, uh, I don't know, things that people care about type of thing? Maybe, maybe I have no idea. It, it was just the way that they, they did it. So it was always like, I was always so nervous. I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. What if I get caught? Right. I'm going to go, they're going to throw me in jail. Right. They're going to call my parents. And then, (laughs) then it's lights out after that. Dude, we're we're so similar, man. I uh I was the exact same way. I mean, I you know, like I said, my my parents bought the ticket and they let us in, but like I've never snuck into a theater for the exact same reasons. Like I was too terrified. I, I was kind of a, a squared nerdy kid growing up. I read comic books. I I didn't drink until I was twenty one. Hell, I didn't smoke weed until I was uh, uh thirty, and I didn't do ecstasy until I was like forty. I am a late bloomer. <laughs> I am a very yeah, late are. bloomer. But you. The- <laughs> important thing is you got there right yeah yeah the important <laughs> thing is getting there um but no that's funny dude yeah dude i was uh i mean me and my buddy would watch like a lot of horror movies and stuff but like that was it man we i never got into like any kind of like hijinks uh or bad you know hijinks as a kid yeah no me neither <laughs> we're straight laced man <laughs> <laughs> where did it go wrong <laughs> i know well i can i can guarantee you that neither living did a remake we're gonna have to do it at some point uh on here so uh on on podcast after dark so guys and gals be on the lookout for that one at some point maybe halloween we'll see tim what is your number are we on your number three yeah we're on my number three now okay all right okay here we go with classic lines such as i can eat your fucking soul is 1995's Lord of Illusions. 
Oh, dude, with Clive uh, with Barker, Kru- <laughs> with Kruger <laughs> from Seinfeld, dude. Yeah, dude, I was gonna mention that, but you picked it out right away. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, bro, and, and, dude, dude. Anytime I watch him on Seinfeld, he's not he's not Kuger to me. Yeah, he is Nix. I'm always oh, like, nice, oh, bro, that's nice. Nix, bro. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, so we got Scott Bakula in there as well. Yeah, this is another one. Really, really good, gritty detective movie. Um, I was really impressed with it. There's there's a lot of great graphic deaths. It's pretty scary. Um, really great opening sequence that just, it locks you into the movie. After you watch like the first 10 minutes, you're just in. And yeah, the first time I saw it, I was really high. And it like <laughs> it honestly scared the shit out of me. But I loved it. I loved it for that. But Dude, dude that's awesome, man. I... I yeah. If I had seen this movie more, I think I've only seen it about two or three times. Um, I can tell you honestly that I think it's like on the verge of being a guilty pleasure for me. I think I didn't see it enough okay. for it to sort of fall into that category. But every time I did watch it when I was younger, I always enjoyed it. Although. Uh, spoiler alert for my next movie I, that is the Clive Barker movie that I was kind of more into so I didn't really skew towards uh, Lord of Illusions but I do remember it got some pretty good coverage in Fangoria okay. especially especially when they all kind of um, like melted into the, the dirt or something when Nick's kind of did his power play and, uh, and they all sort of come out of the dirt and whatnot but uh, yeah dude it's a, it's a pretty cool movie it is now this one really held up on the rewatch I was like I was just in I was in I was was just hooked really really good um yeah there's so many good payoffs in this movie like just the things you're not expecting um they they just lead you down a path and then they reverse it on you really impressive now wasn't who was the female yeah, yeah you were saying it famke jansen uh, yeah. yeah okay yep yeah. yep i was i was curious and so did this come out after goldeneye lord of illusions oh damn <laughs> yeah all right you pull up goldeneye no, on imdb i don't I'll think so up- I'll pull up Lord of Illusions. 95. They're both 95? Yeah, GoldenEye's 95. Okay, let's. we got to dig in here. What month? Wow. No, okay, no, Nove- yeah. November. November for GoldenEye. November for GoldenEye. Uh, how do, uh, where do you see that? Do you say that on uh, on IMDb? It is on they show I- you? IMDb, yeah. Oh, oh, here we go. August. Okay, it was. All right, so Lord of Illusions. <laughs> Early, so two you months said, earlier. Wow. So Holy this shit. was actually her start, even though... Goldeneye was, I think, kind of what put her on the map. Yeah, I guess so, right? Wow. So she was working She was working then in, in 95 real hard. I mean, this is kind of like what blew her up, really. Yeah, yeah. She was good in oh. it. Uh, I, I preferred her in Goldeneye, but yeah, she did fine here. Well, and I got to say, one of the things, you know, <laughs> of course, we all love Kay Uger, but uh, Kevin J. O'Connor, I really liked him in this. And spoiler alert, I have one of his other movies on the list as well. No way. And uh, yeah, I, I don't want to spoil it just no, yet. Don't spoil. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I kind of always liked his shtick. You know, like he kind of always did the same thing that, that not, he's not whiny. He kind of, he just, he walks that line, right, of being a little bit whiny or whatever. But I, I liked his shtick. I kind of, I dug him. I could see him as the guy that you either love or you hate. Right, right, yeah. He, he, he's, if you he's said you guy. hated him, I'd get it, yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah, I like him, though. I like him. And uh, actually, uh, J. Trevor Edmund is in it, and he is the main actor in Return of the Living Dead Part 3 that we just reviewed. So we talked a really? lot about him. Well, yeah. We've got a lot of, lot of connections going here. 
We do, we do. And I, one of the things I liked about Scott Bakula's character is, uh, I believe, like when he takes off his shirt and he has all these like tattoos on himself, and they're all just religious icons, and he's basically just protecting himself from like every demonic attack from anything. And I forget he has a he has a cool line that he says about him, right? Uh, about something like you believe in all of them or something like that. Yeah, he does. He's really good in it. I'm not the biggest Scott Bakula fan. This, this is probably the best thing that I've seen him in for myself. Okay. So. I'm very happy to hear that because I personally do not like Scott Bakula at all. Yeah. And I have a, I have a good buddy who loves quantum leap and I'm just like, and even I know I've heard enterprise was decent, but man, for me, Scott Bakula is a hard thing to get past. But for some reason in Lord of illusions, he, he was, I liked him. I, I personally didn't dislike him in that movie. He plays the right kind of character. Uh, yeah. It really works for him. I'm a big Star Trek nerd. I really did not like Enterprise at all. It was it was painful for me to get through. And I think it was mostly because of him. I just I couldn't buy into him in any way. Yeah, I dude, I'm with you, man. I, I He's not my cup of tea. No, <laughs> some some people like him. Some people don't. But I, I can't. All right, if you're, can't if you're a Scott Bakula hater, don't let that turn you off from this movie, everybody. Exactly. And yeah, and that's that's the point. It, I think it actually it transcends uh, the Scott Bakula hatred. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jesus, we sound, we sound like bastards. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, as I sort of mentioned, um, I had another Clive Barker movie that was kind of more near and dear to my heart yes. than Lord of Illusions was. And mine was the 1990 Nightbreed. Yes. Starring Craig Schaefer and David Cronenberg and uh, Ann Bobby. Have you seen that one? I have, yes. Okay. So I – obviously I, I – <laughs> I loved that movie so much, especially Dr. Decker, that my wonderful German grandmother made me who, – who has won awards for quilting. One year <laughs> I, I, I asked her one year – I think I was like 14 or something like that. I wanted to go as Decker for, for Halloween. And so she made me a Decker mask that I, – I posted it on the Podcast After Dark Instagram at one point. Uh, but I, she made me a Decker mask that looks so good. I still have it on one of those foam you know dummy head things that you can kind of oh, no on or whatever but it has the the zipper for the mouth we even went and bought like buttons that i could actually see through and she glued them to the the, the felt and dude it Holy like you shit. put it on you tie it back and it's it's button face bro that's I, amazing I, yeah and i think it's just a he's such a cool looking serial killer that's such a cool looking like design and it he it's almost becomes and i'm still like just i'm just on decker the decker aspect of it but like he almost becomes like a a super villain not so much like he's 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 like almost rides the line between serial killer and supervillain in that movie and i i love it i also love the fact that all the the monsters are technically the good guys and you know i i just loved all of that kind of stuff and then to the point where uh zach me and zach and our buddy uh jeff we saw the cabal cut um in uh, la at the egyptian theater and the Cabal Cut was literally every piece of footage that they could throw in. It's like three hours long. It's, wow. It's insane. It was it was fabled, you know, like everyone. It was just – it was insane. Um, it, that sounds really, really cool on paper, except for the fact that they had to get most of that footage from VHS tapes that uh, were in Clive Barker's, like, closet. Okay. So – the, the cool thing was they actually had Clive Barker was there. They had this whole, you know, he was talking about it and everything. But, like, 
you watch the movie and the, the, it would go from film to VHS to, to film to copies of a VHS. And to the point where, like, if this scene was, like, five seconds longer, they would use the VHS five-second length. The, mm-hmm. They would use the whole scene. They wouldn't just tack on. They wouldn't splice in that, that VHS ass. They would use the oh, whole scene on, okay, okay. on VHS. So you're literally watching this movie blown up on the big screen, but it looks like a VHS. And it was... Mm painfully bad to watch but the experience was amazing because Clive Barker got to talk about it he got to talk about Nightbreed um and I you know I I have the Shout Factory you know special edition uh that has the director's cut it has the which in the director's cut itself is is different than the the theatrical cut and I prefer the director's cut but it's not worth it to ever see the cabal cut because it's it's just it's too much just too much but um do you do you and I rambled. I I literally rambled about that movie for for a minute or two. What's what's your experience with it? I don't I I don't think I saw it at the right time for myself. Um, I, yeah. I just I didn't that one didn't hit me the right way. Um, I'm sure you have had experiences like that, but I just you know wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, and yeah, yeah I I should probably revisit it. Um, that's a cool story though that you got to see that that cut of it. I I would imagine it was pretty jarring though, just having all of that footage kind of being mixed up like that. But uh, that is really, that's a really, you do that more just for the experience, right? Rather than to see a superior cut of the movie. Yeah. Just to, to say that you did it, you know? And yeah. when I was living in LA, that was like my favorite theater to go to was the Egyptian. I saw they did, cause all they would do is show older movies. Right. And it was a, a, a two story theater. So it was a pretty big screen and it's right there in Hollywood, uh, right by Hollywood and Highland. Um, and I saw, I saw Return of the Living Dead there with almost the entire cast was was there doing like Q&A and stuff like that. Um, I've seen They Live there. It's just so much cool crap. And, and they always have like somebody there to, to talk about it. And this is a good segue. So this movie didn't didn't make it on my list, but I saw The Adventures of Ford Fairlane there with Andrew Dice Clay. And... I love that movie so much. That is the definition of guilty pleasure for me. But I didn't put it on the list because it's not sci-fi or horror. That's right. But, but bro, uh, the offline I was telling you about, there's one that I wasn't sure if I, if I should even mention it. That's it? The, event, this, the Adventures of Ford Fairlane starring Andrew Dice Clay. I love that movie so much that, no lie, it was the probably strongest single source to drive me to want to move out to LA. Get out. Yeah, no, that's stupid, right? I mean, I, well, I'm not, not like I no, didn't want to stupid, but I, I didn't want to be like a stand-up comedian. I didn't want to be a detective. What I, I didn't want to be anything from him in the movie. I just love that movie so much that I just wanted to be out there. You know, like you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Now, what did you think would happen when you got out there? <laughs> that it would just be you, you didn't you'd be huge you'd be a movie star <laughs> i would be like in an office next to tone loke and he'd just be like rapping downstairs and shit dude when was the last time you've seen the adventures of ford fairlane man oh man i don't know a long time ago uh, a long time oh. ago Sounds like I yeah. need to go back though, and uh, honestly, this... honestly, I love it. But if you watched it and you and you looked me dead in the eye and said that movie's a piece of shit, bro, I would be like, I get it, I yeah. get it. Well, here's the thing: <laughs> I'm worried that I'm going to watch it and then pick up and move to LA, which is just not going to be a great idea for me right now. <laughs> but also, it has like some kind of subliminal message. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
god. Yeah, dude. I, oh. Adventures of Ford Fairlane, man. Uh, that was that was that was probably one of my favorite experiences because then uh, Andrew Dice Clay was actually there and he did like a little Q and A after we saw the movie. So, um, oh, and then. I guess the last little fun movie experience was um, we would go to the New Beverly, which is owned by Quentin Tarantino. But they would, and of course, it was uh, used to be a porn theater. You know, back on on back in the day in the eighties, of course, Quentin Tarantino would buy that, right? Um, but uh, we saw a screening of Michael, this crappy Michael Bean movie that came out like five or six years ago. Uh, it's like a it was crappy straight to video movie. It was terrible, but um, he he was there with us watching it in the theater, and you know we were like six or seven rows back from the front, and not a big, not like very spread out crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not a lot of people there. And I'm sitting there. I hear someone giggling down the aisle from us, like like three seats down from us. I looked down. I'm like, fucking Michael Bean sitting there just laughing like at the movie, just like like oh, enjoying so himself. Cool. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, at least he's having a good time with it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's that's odd. Why wouldn't there be more people there? Just a hey, shit it movie? Sh- it was a shit movie. It was a shit movie. And yeah. I, I don't think Michael Bean has the same drawing power as he did back in the 80s. You sure. Know. Well, I mean, if the it, movie was good, he probably would. But yeah, it's a piece that's of crap. shit. Yeah. I can't even I can't remember the name of it, to be honest with you. It was, it was crap. It wasn't it wasn't even good at all. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck. So that sucked. You just, you just went to see Michael Bean. Exactly, because we would go to uh, the the New Beverly would have these like grind. Some nights they would have like I think it was every Tuesday they would have a grindhouse double feature. It would be like ten bucks, and you'd see two shitty movies from like the seventies. You know, like some zombie movie and something else, and yeah. you know they'd have some some cools. But the the cool thing was is that they would usually like actually show the actual film like the film reel and they ah, you know and yeah. yeah and they'd be like oh this is from you know quentin's private collection and you know aside from the grindhouse stuff they'll show like you know tonight we'll show the inglorious bastards it's it's quentin tarantino's 35 millimeter copy or whatever Amazing. it's his personal copy yeah it's, it's it's really cool dude la had some some cool aspects uh of it obviously if you're into uh movie stuff it, it's a great place to to see movies like go to theaters that show old movies and especially like where I grew up, there was only like one theater that that did that, and it was like kind of far away. Whereas in LA, man, every other block has a theater that's like showing some revival film, you know? Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that, uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's just you know everything else is a nightmare there. But hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> just go to more movies. That's all exactly. That's all, uh, all right, are we on your number two now? We are on my number two. All right. All right. With classic lines such as, he marches us towards a solid face of rock. The man has raisins in his brain case. 1983's Crawl. Whoa. I maybe have, maybe have seen that once. So please take, take us on this journey. Oh, man. Well, this, this for me, this was probably one of the earliest movies I saw that I shouldn't have seen. And that's not to say there was anything really wrong with it or bad with it, but there were just, you know, mature things going on that I was too young to, it might've been one of the first ever movies like this that I saw, like any sort of PG movie, maybe. Um, I was probably, I don't know, well, I came out in 83, so I probably saw it like right away after that. So I was probably five or six when I actually saw this. But 1983, this movie has a budget of $50 million. Wow. And where the majority of that goes to is the production value of the set design. 
it is in it's insane like just watch this movie now just to see how beautiful it looks it's 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 i was taken aback re-watching it i mean i hadn't seen it in in a long 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 time but just seeing all these sets and how everything looks it's so futuristic it's just it's such a vision and my goodness i have so many great memories as a child a lot of them i couldn't even place like you know you've got you'll have a memory in your head of something but you don't know what it's from there's so many of those for me from this movie and rewatching it was so much fun just to see these things again and and think oh here we go this is this is what that was i i i forgot all about that now this one this one's getting in on a technicality though because this is more of a fantasy movie except the some of the bad guys have like laser guns oh so okay the only the only thing sci-fi about this is uh, laser guns but I'm, so it's kind of like a little he-man esque where it's like it looks like fantasy but there's a little bit of technology to it no nah, there's not yeah i mean the only technology is like the laser guns but it, it's, okay. it's more of like like it's more of a lord of the rings type movie and you can tell that they drew heavily from lord of the lord of the rings and i won't get into some of the stuff that they they stole but you can tell they blatantly stole stuff from the books yeah but it's a really fun story it's like this that you got this evil creature called the beast. He kills all the armies of the world and comes and kidnaps this princess. And, and the prince needs to make the journey to go and save the princess. Right. And on his way, he's picking up um, more people to join his party. He's losing people along the way. There's lots of cool characters. There's like a, a Cyclops on their team. There's this really, really cool old um, sorcerer, there's a, a guy who turns into animals. So there's all these really, really interesting characters. Uh, Liam Neeson is in it. Oh, no shit. Uh, yeah. It's, I think it's, I think it's actually like a British film. So it's got this really interesting, like British vibe to it. I like guess not like, yeah. a, it doesn't feel like a Hollywood feature film. It feels something, it feels like something different, something unique. Um, yeah. That, that's kind of like, uh, I always felt that way with Neverending Story, because I believe that was like a German production. Even though it's supposed to be America, there's just some weird sprinkle in in the water that you just can't f- put your finger on. You can just tell that that's not, you know, uh, yeah. it's not an English um, or an American movie or North American movie. Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yeah, I know. So I know what you mean when you say like, it, you can't put your finger on. It's got this weird factor to it. But uh, you, you got to talk about that poster. I feel like that movie poster, I've seen that cover to crawl. Like it's so iconic. It's iconic. Yeah. It's like every video store had that and it always faced forward because it's such an iconic cover. And that that blade, that that clave or glaive or whatever it's called, dude, that thing was cool as hell. It was as cool. far as I can remember. Yeah, it's like um some sort of mystical weapon that uh the guy has to get to to kill the beast at the end. Um really really cool really cool weapon. But this one just plays out for me like like it plays out like a video game or a comic, the way that the movie goes. It's a lot of mm-hmm. fun. A lot of fun. Oh, so yeah, it's nice. dated. It's very old, but yeah, recommend. Recommend it. I, I would not be surprised as, if at some point we do it for the podcast because, I mean, I'd it, love that. everyone. It'd be, be great to listen to you guys talk about that. And break that one down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully. Maybe Zach will bring it to the table. Uh, See, that so. would be a really fun one to hear you guys just walk through from start to finish, you know, because yeah. there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. 
I and I was thinking at some point uh, we might start because you know the for podcasts after dark it's always sort of like one person is the advocate for the movie and the other person isn't and I do want at some point do a movie that like say Zach and I have not seen like mm. so if he had if he has not seen uh, crawl and I have not seen crawl that would also be kind of fun to kind of both of us look at it uh, from new eyes you know um, but uh, but usually we have to have like at least one advocate for the for the movie yeah yeah you you mentioned never ending story. And this is one of those one of the things I brought up before, where I've got these ties to these memories of these movies. But it it, it is never ending story where the horse gets killed in the quicksand. Is that correct, or is that legend? No, no, that's never ending story. Yeah. Okay, so I always had a terrible memory of this quicksand scene, but what I re- like what I learned on this rewatch was that the scene was in crawl that I'm remembering, not from the never ending story. So there's a, a, oh. a similar scene that happens oh. in this one. People get stuck in this quicksand, get pulled down. I always thought it was from the never-ending story, but it was from this. This was the one that, that struck me. Oh, it's a, okay. It's a bunch of people rather than a horse, right? Now, the, the, the never-ending story one for sure was, you know, hard to take and a bad memory. But watching it again, I was I was thinking, holy shit, like, they have a quicksand scene in this. And this is, this is the one that traumatized me as a kid because <laughs> I was so young. It, well, it's funny that everyone talks about how the scene in Never Ending Story traumatizes them, and it traumatized me too. But people tend to gloss over the fact that uh, the horse comes back at the end when you know uh, everything sort of gets back to normal. The you know, Atreyu gets reignited with the with the horse, but yeah, it, but, it was Corey. The, da- the damage yeah. has been done by then. <laughs> I know <laughs> you, can't, you can't unsee that. You, you know. can't suck those tears back That's up right. into your eyes. That's right. You've already tasted the salt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. God damn it. I hate crying, bro. I'm, I hate it. I hate the never one... ending story. I hate I, yeah. it. I don't, I don't like it at all. I'm not a big, I'm not the hugest fan of the original never ending story, but uh, I had to watch never ending story two uh, for uh, uh, Adam and I from, from Cartwright uh, from the Seinfeld podcast. We also do um, on blast from our past. We do a show called the sequels okay. where like, cause blast from past is like him and his brother. And I've done a, some guest spots on it here and there with like the, the Robocop episode and whatnot monster squad. But yeah, yeah. um Adam and I do a sideshow for that podcast called The Sequels. So that means that I have to watch stuff like RoboCop 2 and NeverEnding Story Part 2, which as much as, yeah, NeverEnding Story Part 1 is not really my favorite, I got to say, at least it has some production value because NeverEnding Story 2 is just trash, pure trash. Ouch. No, I have not seen it. I didn't even know there was one. That's exactly the type of thing I'm not going to look into because I hated the first one. So, yeah. No need, no need. Just purge it from your memory and and, and move on. <laughs> but the sequels, that sounds interesting. All right. Yeah. I'm yeah, going oh, to tune into that. One. Everybody Ro- else the, should tune into Thank you. Ch- check out the Robocop one. It was That was a fun one. Okay. Robocop 2. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So my number two is <clears throat> you have these nice little quotes. Uh, I, I need to type. <laughs> I need to tighten up my ship, man. You're, you're making up, me look bad. Pull, a, <laughs> pull out a quote. Uh, uh, okay, okay. Um, and a Viacone Diablos to you, too. Oh, that sounds familiar. 
Yes, that was that was terrible. That was my the, my worst collector uh, Billy Zane impression in the entire world. Uh, but <laughs> but and I realize some of these quotes are always sort of in my head, and when they actually come out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, that didn't sound right at all. But um, uh, I am talking about 1995's Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Oh and yes, yes, great pull, great pull. I will die on a hill. To say that this is a good fucking movie, okay? Yeah, I'll join but you. I... I'll join you there. It'll be a two-man stand. Thank you, dude. No, other, I... You know what? Others will join us as well. We'll <laughs> be up there. So. The two of us will be like, that's it. We're dying up here. And then in the distance, we'll see the crowds coming, right? Just like Night of the Living Dead remake, it's another movie that I have to watch every single October. And I don't know why my Halloween movies are not always, like, halloween centric it's just for some reason i have to watch these in october and demon knight is one of them i love this movie i had the movie poster in my room in high school i will tell you this buddy i even shaved my goddamn head to look like (laughs) billy zane back in i guess 95 we were what 15 going on 16 right yes we were yeah yeah and uh yeah that was not the smartest move i've ever done but it did tell me that I have a nice round head and that I don't have any weird dents or anything. So, like, if when I do go bald, which, you know, I am, uh, I'll be okay. And, I, and and so, like, I've lived with that my entire life, knowing that, like, when I go bald, I'll be I'll look fine. You oh, know? that's, so that's it, perfect. <laughs> it, it helped. It helped. But, boy, did I look like an idiot. And, 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 and I'm... I was such a naive kid, but I probably looked like a fucking skinhead because I'm blonde and fair skin, and I didn't even think of that when I was, like, younger. You know what I mean? Like, that's how sort of, like, square and naive I was. But, um... Well, back back then, if you you shaved your head, you were making a statement. It it wasn't just like, oh, you know what? I think I want to shave my head, make it easier, or I want to look like this guy or that guy, or it'll be fine. It was like... Oh, you know that guy. That guy shaved his head. Oh shit! You know what? I wonder what's going on in his life. He's uh, he's re- he's rebelling in a big way here. Or he, or he's just in love with Billy Zane <laughs> from Demon Knight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I mean, and and so I can tell you. I mean, I, I've I watched it last year. I've watched it every year for like fifteen years or what? You know, whatever. But uh, yeah, dude, I love that movie. I think it holds up. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I think from from top to bottom, it's such a fun movie, and it it just like. It doesn't hurt <laughs> that the opening Tales from the Crypt little scenario movie that they do before the movie uh, actually stars uh, John Larroquette, who I love from Night Court. Of course, so it's like, of course. It's like the whole package. I'm like, Billy Zane's awesome. Uh, I love, oh shoot, what's her name? Um, oh crap, the the girl in it, the main girl. Jada Pinkett. Uh, oh yeah, right, right. Whole... Oh, I forgot too. Yeah. I, I know. I, I love Billy Zane. I love Jada Pinkett. I mean, I love William Sadler. Like it just it it had everything. Even a CCH Pounder man from from the Shield and uh, dude Dick Miller and Thomas Hayden Church. It's it like has everybody. It's freaking awesome. I I honestly I can't remember anything about the movie, but I remember I loved it because I watched it a ton of times back when it came out. I was a huge fan of that one. But right now I'm just drawing a blank on it. Other than Billy Zane and the Tales I from would... the Crypt guy. I would recommend picking up the the Shot Factory Blu-ray. Yeah. I, it's it's good. The transfer is great. It's actually, I mean, it's a beautiful movie with all the neon greens and everything. Sure. And uh, I, I, it had this like hammer film quality because uh, they filmed like they built that. Um, it was like a an old church that in the movie's been converted into you know a hotel of sorts. But they built all of that set 
like the exterior of it inside of a warehouse. Oh, no way. So it has like this fake quality that I love. Like I, I love like old hammer films where the exteriors look like interiors or even better example, a more contemporary modern example. I love what Tim Burton does like say in sleepy hollow where it just like you go, he goes outside in sleepy hollow and you can just tell some of those places are sets. And I love it when it looks like a set. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Because when you do that, you can do such amazing things with the lighting and the camera work that um it just it looks different it looks better so i know exactly what you're saying it's it's more controlled they have more control over what they're doing with it and uh yeah i just thought the i thought demon knight is just it's just fun from beginning to end and i honestly i don't even know if it's a guilty pleasure because i think people actually do like that movie now but i don't think it was really critically well received although it it did yeah it didn't do very well I no, think. it did give us Bordello of Blood. You know, it gave they did well enough to give us Bordello of Blood, but then Bordello of Blood was so terrible that it, we didn't get any more uh, Tales from Crypt movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a great one. That's a great one. That could have made my list if I had remembered about it. <laughs> I feel you, dude. I, I mean, I was really like like racking my brains because when I started this list, I had three movies, and then I re- once I checked IMDb, I realized. Two of the three uh, that I started with were in the 2000s. So, like, that kind of, like, threw me for a loop. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, I just – I was kind of going with, like, what I remembered from my heart. Like, just what spoke yeah. to me. And and the the reoccurring theme with, with mine is that they're all kind of from this time in my life where I was younger and impressionable. And these movies come along and they just – they imprint themselves on you for all these different reasons and uh yeah so my guilty pleasures are because i probably should have been watching these at the time and they (laughs) they you know they changed me or they came along with me so and guilty and that's such like a personal reason too like like you don't you can't force a movie to imprint on you it just sort of happens like you said right place right time you can even be like look i get why you like this movie, it's just, for the exact same other reason, it just hit me at the wrong place at the wrong time, and you, you can't ever change that. You can't ever go back in time and change that. You can say, oh, I enjoy the movie now, but you can't ever change your first impression. Totally. And you don't, and you don't know what's going to just say, you're going to be like, oh, that's cool. Why? You know, like your brain just fixates on XYZ. You don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know why I fixated on Fortress back in the day, but I did, <laughs> and I had such a great memory of it. <laughs> And it sucks. And it sucks. It is shit. Such shit. (laughs) Anyways, I digress. Before we jump into your number one. Sure. I, I, you brought up Fortress again, and I, I forgot to mention earlier one of the movies that I was leaning towards on the list, but I didn't have as much familiarity with it. Do you remember a Rutger Hauer film called Split Second that came out in the 90s? I do. Yes. And it had some kind of weird demon monster that was in it. I don't remember that. I like I remember the name of it. I'm not even sure if I saw it, but I do I definitely do remember that, yeah. Yeah, okay. I just just curious. Like again, I don't remember it well enough to to put it on the list, but I've been wanting to to revisit that movie for a while. So hey, guys and gals out there in the uh the universe, social media, let me know if uh Split Second is worth uh going down the rabbit hole and and revisiting. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Just uh shoot me a message. Let me know. I'm curious if anyone has any familiarity with with Split Second. All right. Even if it's uh, not worth going down the rabbit hole, we might just do it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, then let's do uh, let's do our number one. All right, Corey. Well, here we go. All right. With the classic lines such as go to hell. 
dot 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 been there. Oh, oh no. I know it. I know it. No. <laughs> I know you know it. And, and you know how I feel about it. I know. That's why this is so hard for me, but I had to do it, Corey. 1989, uh, Cyborg. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I, I had to. I had to. I love this movie. <laughs> your, I thought your pod, I did too. Your podcast I thought on, I did too. Your podcast on this? I was dying inside listening to it. Listening to it. When was the last time you watched it? Um, well, I mean, I rewatched it for this podcast, but before that, it was probably two years ago. Okay, okay. So, so I, 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 current... oh, I revisit this one very often. Okay, and I don't know. This one just it does the same things for me every time I watch it as it did for me the first time I watched it. And I don't know what that's about, but it it just <laughs> <laughs> it just does. I just I loved this movie. I had seen Bloodsport and Black Eagle, Van Damme's movies before this, and I was just obviously in love with Van Damme as like a, you know, 10-year-old, whatever. Um, So this one came, I remember, I remember, Corey, I remember getting this from the movie store. I remember going in there looking for a movie, like uh, dad would take us to rent a movie at the movie store on a Friday night. And I go in there and I see a brand new Van Damme movie. And I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at it over and over again. Like, is this real? Is this a new one? And it is. And I take it home and I'm just in love with it. I love, I love like the idea of it. I love, I love the world that they create. I love that Van Damme is hunting down these pirates, these bad guys, right? I love that. Well, the fighting, actually, I know you, you weren't too high up on the fighting, but I really liked the fighting. I thought it was really cool, really captured me um, when he's like when he's running away. I, I don't know. I guess he's chasing them down at first. Right. But then he catches up to them and then it's it's oh, shit. This, I can't handle these guys. And then he's running away from them. And then, you know, they catch him and then he's chasing them. The whole story just it just did it for me. I, I loved it then. I love it now. I pretended to be Van Damme back then with his little gun. I'd, I'd walk around my yard pretending to have the gun. I'd shoot two times and drop it and leave it. And then, <laughs> I mean, that gun was cool as hell, bro. It was. It I was. wish. I wish we saw that gun uh, more. I know, and I kind of get why we didn't. It's because he could just snipe everybody, right? Right. Like yeah. You got. You got. You can't just have him shooting everybody. But uh, I don't know. I, I love it. I love it. There's it's the atmosphere in that one for me. It's the atmosphere. It's this, it's this bizarre world they create and, and just some of the weird things that they're doing with their flashbacks that are, for me, were really uncomfortable. That That's the part of the movie that made me feel uncomfortable as a kid with the flashbacks. But um, it just had, it put me through so many different emotions that this, this Corey, I'm sorry to say is my number one, <laughs> my number one, sir. <laughs> Dude, I mean, honestly, it's it's perfect for you know a, a guilty pleasure movie. Um, honestly, it's 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 perfect. I, I can't argue it. And you know what I said on the episode? Basically, like I thought I liked it as a kid, or I did like it as a kid, but just revisiting it, it didn't quite hold up. I didn't think. But that being said, I I do think it has like some really nice parts in it. I think it has some charm to it. You know, JCVD is always awesome. Um, but like, like maybe it was just the fact that like really analyzing a film is totally different than, than sitting back and kind of like just enjoying it and and talking about it for three hours and trying to, to break it apart. But, uh, 
it had a huge hold on me as a kid, and I watched it more than I watched Bloodsport. I that was my go-to JCVD movie until Hard Target came out, and then when Hard Target came out, I went fully basically into into that. And uh, spoiler alert: uh, if we ever do a like you know guilty pleasure action movies from the '80s and the '90s, Hard Target is definitely going to be on there for me because you know my mama took one, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> I did love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. That movie was great. But, but um, here's yeah. the thing: I think maybe what happened then is if you saw this as a kid and then rewatched it a lot later, maybe it doesn't hold up. Maybe some of the things that you remember about it aren't the same as how you feel now. For me, I kind of brought this movie with me, so this wasn't a movie where I watched it as a kid and then watched it 20 years later. I was consistently watching this uh, throughout my lifetime, so. Um, it never strayed too far from my original thoughts on it because I was all, always able to keep that in line with how I how I felt about it. So I never lost I never lost the love for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. Um, there is a difference with movies that you know you thought you enjoyed as a kid and then you watch them later and you might like them you might not but you're a different person whereas some of these movies like i don't know i mean aliens for me or star wars or something i watch them every year as i'm growing as i'm evolving and changing as a human these uh you kind of sometimes you use these movies to like anchor you into who you were and kind of remind you but they they go with you it's a whole different experience yeah if you kind of cut it off and then try to go back and and revisit it sometimes you're pleasant surprised sometimes you're not um it's funny because even though i i did not you know i told we talked about how much we didn't love it on the podcast I, I still have such fond memories of it that i still would find myself just reaching for it to put it in the blue you know just to watch it because it's still an anchor for me it still reminds me of my childhood that's that I can't, i'll never that'll never be taken away from cyborg like mm-hmm. it still reminds me of of the enjoyment that i had watching that movie just moving forward it would probably be a movie where i'll put would put on while i'm sort of doing something else so i can tune in on the stuff that i enjoy sure and and tune out on maybe the stuff that i didn't feel that held up but honestly man i can't take it away from you it's 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 a fun movie it's totally fun and i can totally i can totally relate uh uh with with you know the love for it growing up and you know you and i are the same age and and you know we were inundated with jcvd back then he was such a big person and um i know i skew towards wasteland because i grew up with like mad max and road warriors so it's like mm-hmm. oh, here we go it's like jcvd in a mad max world like that's right yeah dude Bro, I mean, dude, growing up in the '80s, man, Wasteland was the thing. Like, the, it was. The, the, it was everywhere. All these little movies. I would watch all the shitty Wasteland movies, dude. And this was of the ones that weren't Mad Max. This was like the better ones. Right. One of the better ones, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's a good one, buddy. And if anyone wants to know all of my thoughts, please feel free to go back and listen to Cyborg. <laughs> check it out. <laughs> it's, check it's it worth, out. Check it out. <laughs> no, it's worth um, it. It's worth it. But I I mean, you make a good point, like breaking down a movie scene for scene, shot for shot is a lot different than being able to focus on like, I love this because it made me feel like this. Right. Yeah. And I love I love these four things about it, which are enough for me because that's all that mattered to me at the time. So it, it makes sense. It makes sense. And and while while we're plugging my uh, cyborg episode, uh, let me plug your enemy episode that I absolutely loved. That's that's right. The with um Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal, yeah, yeah. Thank you, yeah, thank yeah. you, yeah, yeah. 
that episode, uh, that one and the All-Star Superman uh, episodes were like the two that made me fall in love with your podcast. And uh, for if you guys have seen the movie Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal, directed by Villanueva, is that how you pronounce his name? Villanueva. Okay. Okay. I, I, pra- um, I practiced that for the for the podcast. So <laughs> I have to get it right. <laughs> I remember you saying that. Um, and you know, you guys know he's the one that did uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine and whatnot. But this was like one of his earlier movies, and uh, I love that movie. I thought it was great. And you and Dean did a fantastic job of breaking down and talking about it, and it made my appreciation for the movie that much more. That I'd, I'd like to go back and rewatch it after hearing your all's discussion of it. Yeah, thank you. It was a fantastic movie. Yeah, and we we had a lot of fun on that one, and we dug real deep into it and had some really interesting conversation about that. So, yeah, check and it that's out. what's awesome, dude. Yeah, it's it's a great one, guys. Uh, go out there and definitely uh, check it. Check that one out for sure. Uh, one the my number one movie is not even remotely in the same category as, <laughs> as that. Well, I can't and, wait. And here's the thing, like, I would say that I probably have seen Demon Knight more than this movie that I'm going to say, but I felt like this exemplified guilty pleasure, and and almost to the point where I feel like this movie was made as to, to like, to be a guilty pleasure, mm. so, like, like, I feel like they almost made it that way on purpose, and maybe it's because of the cast, starring Treat Williams. Oh, hold, hold, who, on, hold on one sec, I'm going to interrupt you for one sec, because you, you asked me before if mine was listed in a specific order is is your list also in a specific order is number one is this your number one guilty pleasure or is it just it's random it's yeah so it's it's not random but it's like it's like my number one that it falls into the category of guilty pleasure okay do you do you know what i mean like like sure yeah yeah, i do yeah and and i might not have seen it like as much as demon knight i don't revisit it as much but i feel like it i feel like it exists just fit that category of guilty pleasures so perfect. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, perfect. Okay, continue. And and you, and you probably you might know what I mean when I when I say it, but um, it also stars uh, Lord of Illusions Kevin J O'Connor. Yep. Um, it also stars uh, Lord of Illusions Famke Johnson. Oh. Yes, and it came out in 1998, so it kind of just skirted along the lines, but it is uh, the aquatic monster movie Deep Rising. Okay, I have not seen this. Oh, dude, Deep Rising. Dude. I yeah, kind of, man. I kind of avoided these like water horror movies. All right, so first off, I love shark movies, and then anything that's also like a uh, Deep Star Six, Leviathan. I really wanted to go see Underwater. I just haven't had a chance to. I yeah. love underwater monster movies, and this movie is another one of those movies where it's just it's fun the it's got good violence it's got uh cgi monsters that i can't say if they hold up or not because i have probably not seen this uh in a a solid 15 years or so right um but uh it's it's basically what happens is um a group of mercenaries are hired are going to go basically rob this this carnival style cruise ship you know and it's it's like the total first off i love mercenaries i love the 
aliens scenario where a group of trained people go to this location and something already has happened there Mm, and then you have to sort of figure it out and fight what happens i love Mm -hmm. that trope and so basically treat williams and he has a he's got this like really cool like specked out speedboat that looks like it's got armor and whatnot it's really neat looking but him and his uh his crew uh the guy from lord of illusions kevin with jay o'connor is in it he's playing like his his perfect, you know, sniveling sort of self, you know, <laughs> and, and Treat Williams is doing a great, like, sort of like, like badass kind of like mercenary guy, but he, ba- he hires the, or he's hired by a group of mercenaries, uh, robbers that are going to knock over this Carnival cruise ship. Uh, it's got Kano from, from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh, the movie. Love Kano. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, RIP. He, he passed away. Oh, a few years did he? Ago. Oh, that's too Yeah. Bad. Unfortunately. Too bad. Um, it also has West Studi in it, dude. It's it's it shouldn't be as as good as it is, right? Hmm. Just like on paper. But uh, so they get to this cruise ship, and there's no one there because they're like, "What the fuck?" It's like dead in the water, and it's not supposed to be. You find out that there's like this giant underwater sea urchin that's uh, it's got all these tentacles. Uh, basically, sucks people through pipes and whatnot. Like this girl's sitting on the the toilet, and she gets like sort of sucked in through the toilet and whatnot. And uh, it's really cool. And you got so you got your mercenaries, then they have to team up with like the survivors some of the survivors on the ship you know treat williams so he's not treat williams isn't quite the mercenary he's he's was more of like hired by them so he's got to kind of be in between the mercenaries and the other people it's just a, the perfect play on all the tropes that you know it, it doesn't try to do anything different or new it just does the tropes that we all enjoy and but it does it them all perfectly and it's a lot of fun with a lot of action and violence in it. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, head out right now and um, just go and watch that. So thanks for, thanks for having me on the show, Corey. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, that sounds amazing. That sounds incredible. Like, it's a lot of fun, dude. It's got a great ending. It's There's some twists and turns to it, but it's got a really fun ending to it that I, I won't give away. Um I think the movie's fun. I can't say that it holds up because I've not seen it recently, but it's on a high priority for us to do this year for Podcast After Dark. Cool. And um, I think that there's even like a special edition Blu-ray that's out of it that has like maybe a director's cut, and it has a really awesome uh, cover art for that for that Blu-ray. Which, cool. by the way, I, I, I'm loving you know what all these all these sub Blu-ray manufacturers are starting to pop up because for a while it was just Scream Factory and Shot Factory that were putting out these like awesome blu-rays with awesome cover art now all these other companies are start like arrow and they're like they see also the value of making this fantastic cover art now and you have you know usually can flip the, the it over on either side and it has the original or whatever but mm. i'm loving that these that these smaller companies are starting to come up to sort of compete with screen factory and, and shout factory and, and whatnot yeah well they're seeing that that people want that type of content right like we will pay money to get these older movies brought back right where these maybe some of the larger companies might think well that movie nobody wants that movie but that's not true like a lot of people do want that movie right there's there's uh the smaller um, um smaller caches of of these fans who will pay the money to get it so yeah yeah i'm, I'm glad people are are doing that or are going that route to you know help us the the little fans out <laughs> <laughs> and i'm so pissed because like back at the beginning of the streaming days like i got rid of like so many dvds and vhs because i'm like fuck it who cares i'm gonna i'll just have my netflix subscription forever oh, like who cares no. Corey, i no. know no. i know no. and now i'm seeing that like like 
like you don't never know how long something's going to stay on there for dude yeah i i had uh you know we have the hulu with the hbo subscription tacked on and uh the fucking uh the you know the wolverine movie logan you know was in was in my queue forever and i went to go watch it one day like a week ago because i was like you know what i'm kind of in the mood to watch logan i only saw it once in the theater Mm -hmm. it's fucking gone I'm like, oh, uh, fucking hell. You know what I mean? I'm like, so now I'm just getting back into just buying the movies that I fucking want. You totally, know, like, totally. it's, it's like, I feel like I've done a full 360 circle, yeah. you know, in life. And don't get rid of them this time. No, nope, nope. Keeping them all. My, the one that I want the most uh, out of anything, if have you ever seen the uh, special edition Arrow Life Force Blu-ray? I have not. I'll send you a, a picture of the the cover of it. It's sure. the, the, the best looking art i've ever seen like it's up there with like mondo you know movie poster quality artwork wow, uh cool. but it's but it's uh it's only uk region so oh, I'm like, okay <laughs> so i feel like i want to buy it just to have the you know and then replace my old screen factory one with it and it's yeah. just sad because screen factory used to be the best art now i'm like ah oh, this one's even better <laughs> yeah well you know what get it put it on your wall make it a piece of art or something yeah. exactly yeah. exactly so we both had a we both did an honorable mention from the 2000s. Uh, I kind of have two. Um, and that was just because I could not decide. And spoiler alert, it was one of those two. It, it was those two that I mentioned when I first created my list of three. It's I didn't know what to do with either of those. Mm. So uh, why don't you start us off with your if you only have one, that's fine. I'll just rattle mine off quickly when I do it. But uh, if you have two, hit us with both of them. But if you just have one from your 2000s, then that's that's cool, too. Well, I've got, I mean, I narrowed it down to one. Um, I did have another one I was kind of leaning on a little bit, but I didn't really think it fit. But I'll probably just say it anyways, because we've kind of strayed a little bit anyways. So it's fine. But the one that I did narrow down to with classic lines, such as, why do I get the feeling you're going to be the death of me? And ding me chasa hopa. Hmm. 2002 Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones. this is my guilty pleasure this i do not think this movie is all that great a a lot of people agree with me um i was really ready for this movie when it came out phantom menace i thought was fine uh i actually like phantom menace more now than i did when i saw it back then but i was ready for this one and i think it's really good i i like to and it's it's interesting because the DVD is actually set up this way. I like to skip past all of the Anakin and Padme scenes. Mm-hmm. And it works really well just to hit skip on your remote and just follow <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi's story throughout this movie. Um, so I love it for that. It's not the greatest movie, but I'm a huge Star Wars fan. General Grievous and Count Dooku are two of my favorite characters in all of the Star Wars universe. And... I had to throw this on the list because I love it, but it's not all that lovable. Yeah, dude, I think I feel the exact same way about Attack of the Clones. Um, I Revenge of the Sith is, I think, the better one. And my wife and I did the whole watch everything in order before going to see Rise of Skywalker. So uh, it was the first time I'd seen Phantom Menace in forever. And I got to say... As as a whole, I think the prequels hold up very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that 
I like the fact that they are so different from the original trilogies that their own their own thing. And I I'm I'm also a big fan of like of the auteur way of filmmaking. And I just like that they are the the closest we really have to uh, to the notorious GL. You know, I love George Lucas with all of my heart. Uh, faults and all, I love him. I love him as a businessman. I just I, I he is everything. I, I just Star Wars is life, even though. Aliens is my favorite movie. Star Wars is just my entire fucking existence. And here you Attack of the Clones. I fucking love that movie. It has the the Anakin stuff is pure trash. Mm-hmm. And and I will say that to the day is over that the Anakin stuff is trash. But the movie as a whole is so much fun. I specifically I love Zam Wessel. I love that whole beginning part in Coruscant. You know, we st- it's almost like we're starting to see the underworld type of stuff. I fucking love Jango Fett. Uh, mm-hmm. Boba Fett is my favorite character of all time. Tim, when we're done recording, I'll show you my Boba Fett shrine over here. I know. Uh, I know you have uh, <clears throat> Roba Fett. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was half expecting you to be wearing it uh, for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, I well, I am wearing my Boba Fett hat. That's I his, see that. Uh, that's his. Yep. I see so, that. <laughs> I want. I want to dress up for you, buddy. This is the first oh, time. Oh, I appreciate we're, uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, forever, I'm with you, man. The, the, that's a long way of saying. I think Attack of the Clones is super, super fun. It's It's got some really fun beats to it. You, you got to see what Boba Fett was capable of doing without actually seeing Boba Fett do it uh, in by way of Jango Fett. Uh, that battle between Obi-Wan and Jango Fett is probably one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars. I love that it's in the rain. Um, I loved everything about it. I even love like how Jango Fett looks. I love the silver, the gray, and the blue. I love his two pistols. Like mm-hmm. It's like fucking John Woo. Mm-hmm. Meets like a gunslinger meets Boba Fett. I mean, what's not to love? Um, and then, you know, my wife and I discovered, you know, after watching all three of the prequels together, it's like, yeah, the first two might not be the strongest, but Revenge of the Sith is so good because they exist. Right. Like if Re- if Revenge of the Sith was by itself, it wouldn't hold up as well. It it it's it's everyone's favorite, and it's it's as powerful as it is because it has. Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones behind it. Yep. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we are similar in the fact that we just love more Star Wars content. Yes. So yeah. I, I want any sort of new Star Wars material, um, information, it doesn't matter. So as bad as any Star Wars movie is going to be, I'm going to enjoy probably a whole lot about it. So that's just more of what we get with Attack of the Clones. You get some really, really cool storylines as you alluded to and it 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 builds this universe it continues to build the storyline and like at this point we know where it's going right we we know what the outcome is going to be at the end of uh, revenge of the sith but it's how are they going to take us there how are we going to get there so it's interesting to kind of see how lucas decides to do that right and sure there's some faults with the movie they're they're i think i mean there's a lot a lot of people really don't like them like i think the general consensus is that they suck right now i feel like the star wars zeitgeist is that the the prequels are aging better than people remember them like like because i think a lot of people are going back and revisiting them now that they're on disney plus and i think people are kind of liking phantom menace more than they sort of remembered it but i think the general consensus is that is that attack of the clones is still the redheaded stepchild of the in, in the whole thing and 
I think it's a perfect uh, um, guilty pleasure. Like you, like I love watching that movie, and yet I know and I understand that people don't really like that movie. Yeah, totally, totally. So, dude, we could do a whole Star Wars podcast. I think. Oh, like, obviously, <laughs> totally. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, well, all right, I will do. Mine, I'll just pick one of the two. Um, fuck it, I'll just say both. One of them is Jason X. I oh, love... that would just about made my list. It, it really I know. did. It was, it was in I the know. contention. Oh, I, I mean, bro, love like, it, love it. I, I grew up loving part seven with the the psychic, you know, and I love part six. Um, and but I, I gotta say, I rewatch Jason X. Uh, like more than any of the other ones. It has just great action in it and great kills. That's an awesome body count and. Uh, the the gentleman I ran into one time, um, where is he on this thing? Uh, the the oh here he is, uh, Peter Mensa. Uh, he plays the the tall African American gentleman that kind of saves the day at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he he was also in Three Hundred. He was the guy that gets kicked into the oh. hole when, when what's his name yells, "This is Spartan!" and kicks him. Yeah, in the yeah, hole. yeah, yeah. Um, so I ran into him on the, on the. Yeah, that yeah, that guy. I, no, no, not the not Xerxes, but the oh, the, the, me- yeah. oh, the okay. messenger. Right, the right, right. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. My bad. Yeah. So I met him, I ran into him on the promenade in Santa Monica, and I went up to him to go shake his hand. And I mean the dude was like seven feet tall. <laughs> and uh, I go, uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. You know, Mensa. He's like, Yes. And he's like, you know, all sounds, you know, yes, yeah, so what can I do for you? I'm like, I loved you in Jason X. And he was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, all right. I didn't think he was thought I was going to say like 300 or something. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. I was like, I loved you in Jason X, man. And he was like, you caught him off guard. All right. Yeah. He was like, all right then. Sure. Um, but yeah, love that movie. I think it's great. But the hill that I will fucking die on. Now, here we go. Better here we or go. fucking worse, man. Um, I love the first movie. This is, this is a sequel. This okay. is a sequel. And, and it's so different than, than the first one. The first one was about a, a, a killer stuck on a planet, and he could see in the dark. Mm, and that <laughs> and, one just about made my list as well. <laughs> well, I think Pitch Black, everyone can agree, is a great movie. That's why I didn't my, do it. I didn't do it. Yeah. My guilty pleasure is Chronicles of Riddick. Damn. Good call. Good call. And I, I will will say yes. You, I know for a fact that it, it's not a great movie. It's bloated. It's big. I will say yes. You're 100 percent right. Yes, yes, you're 100 percent right. I fucking love that movie, and it's because of the giant swings that it takes. The fact that that I, I love Pitch Black. I love the character of Riddick. I think Pitch Black is a better movie. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think the the sequel Riddick is a better movie than Chronicles of Riddick. But I love chronicles of riddick busy because he tried to fucking make dune like he tried to go so big yeah. and you know you you've listened you've listened to like hardware and stuff i love world building in mm-hmm. a movie and dude chronicles of riddick was like 90 percent world building and 10 percent story it was like made for me and i was like i love high sci-fi i i love that kind of stuff and it just it felt like you took riddick and put it into a dune movie is what it felt like to me and i just i gotta fucking applaud him for trying you know i love and i, I, and love I enjoy movie. it mm-hmm. do you I, it's oh, not, it's... I, no i do i i totally do here's here's one of the reasons why is you talk about world building well for me this went beyond chronicles of riddick for me because i don't know if you played the game chronicles of riddick yep. for xbox that was insanely well done 
an amazing game. Have you seen, there's an animation for mm-hmm. the yep. Chronicles of Riddick as well, yep. which is so well done. It's like this, I don't know, it's like a short 40 minute, um, 40 minute movie. I've got the DVD here. I'm, I'm Damn. fairly certain that it was done by the guy who did, uh, Aeon Flux. Yeah, that's the and... one. That's the one. Yeah. 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 I can't um, remember yeah, the dude, dude. Dark, Dark Fury, uh, Dark Fury it's called. Oh, what a cool story. Dude, bro, I was all in on everything Riddick. And you know what? Guess what? I still am. Give me more. Give me anything. I love that universe. I love that you only see these little bits and pieces of that universe. The, you you know, like, I don't know. I felt like Star Wars, you understand what's going on more. And here, you don't understand as much of what's happening. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, like, you kind of have to just infer and piece it together on your own. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that we got hit with pitch black, which is a certain type of movie. And then you go to Chronicles of Riddick, which is so different. Like they just went for it. They, they kind of hit a single or they were attempting for a single with pitch black. It ends up being way better than that, but then they go for the grand slam with with Chronicles of Riddick. It's just, it's so much bigger. Like you mentioned, it's, I, I love that movie. That's a great call. I do too. And, and, and I love pitch black, like I said, but yeah, I don't, so do I. I don't consider that a guilty pleasure because I think, I think that's legit a good movie. Yeah, that was, that was, it was on my initial list. And then as, as I was reviewing, I was like, well, wait a second, this movie's really good. This is, this it's not a bad movie. It's not garbage. So I got to pull it off, but yeah, yeah, definitely. I didn't go so far as thinking Chronicles of Riddick though. I kind of, <laughs> I stopped at pitch black and moved on to something else. Yeah, That's awesome. Dude, I love that. I love that. I've I've died on the Chronicles of Riddick Hill multiple times <laughs> yeah. in my life, guys. I've been butchered and murdered, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, like you said, it's it's cool that they they could have done just an easy sequel. They could have just done just a normal sequel to to Pitch Black, but they didn't. They went and did something. They made a sci-fi movie. They went from a, of a from a horror sci-fi first movie to just they just took out the horror elements because they're like well fuck it we can't top pitch black and nor should they right and because they didn't try to top pitch black it makes pitch black stand on its own as an awesome thing and then riddick even though you could say okay it's sort of not chronicles of riddick but just the riddick movie how it has elements of pitch black but i feel like that one's like the the perfect amount like like concoction of pitch black and chronicles of riddick is is riddick do you know what i mean yeah Mm mm-hmm I gotta rewatch that. I gotta rewatch Riddick. I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, that was fun, oh, dude. Amazing. That was awesome. awesome. This is this is gonna be our longest watch list. I kinda suspected that would be the case. <laughs> I have a whole new list of movies I have to go out and watch too. This dude, is great. Too. This is great. <laughs> I'm excited, honestly. Uh, of everything we just talked about that I have not seen in forever, I am the most excited to revisit I Come in Peace and You Go in Pieces. Asshole. Uh, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> that's the one I'm most excited to rewatch. So I think you'll um, enjoy it. I think you'll have a lot of fun with that so and and maybe i don't know man maybe we can get you back on talking about it like once we do it or something i, I don't know we'll, we'll figure it out but i definitely I'm, I'm want happy to, to come one. back happy to come back anytime <laughs> sweet dude that was awesome man this was a good conversation i hope you guys out there enjoyed it uh tim please 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 plug everything you need to plug and uh, i'll put i'll put uh links in the show notes and everything guys please go check out tim's stuff but uh uh, podcasts and all that kind of stuff. Where can they find you online? Yeah, you bet. Uh, so our podcast is called Talking Back. It's myself and my brother, Dean. And uh, like Corey mentioned, we like to talk about movies, comics, video games, and more, and mostly from the past. And you can find us 
anywhere at Talkback Pod. We're mostly on Instagram. I'm running that. I run most of the social media, so you're gonna connect with me if you're um, if you're on there. But we do a lot of stuff on Instagram, so that's where I'd recommend checking us out. Yeah, it's it's fun. You guys are really active on Instagram and uh, a lot of fun to engage with, and that's how we uh, became podcast buddies. That's how we connected, friends. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, right on Instagram. The power so. of Instagram. <laughs> I know, dude. I I love it, man. We uh, I live on it pretty much. It's um the. The Instagram, like the horror, sci-fi, cult movie community is just fantastic because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, such a visual medium. So it's easy to just, uh, everyone posts pictures of their movies that we all love. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah I love that. that. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. It's great to be around people that just like have similar mindsets. And, and it's very, unlike Facebook, I feel like it's a lot easier to, to find people and stuff on Instagram too now. So yep, Facebook definitely. is just bloated and crappy. So eh, yeah, what are you going to do? So, I don't and, know. I don't I don't know why I'm even on that. I know. It's uh, just for family, man. That's, that's totally that's it. It's, it's, that's where yeah. the aunts get to see what you're doing. P- pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. It's, it's curated for the parents and that, whatnot. That's, that's so. right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Please, guys, go check out Talking Back. And uh, Tim and his brother are awesome. And you know where you guys can find me on Instagram at Corey Nation, on uh, Podcast After Dark, Cartwright of Seinfeld Podcast, Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast, yada, yada, yada. You're going to – we're going to have Tim on Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast uh, at some point soon, right? Isn't Tess locking that down? Yeah, we'll, we're going to figure things out, and uh, yeah, that's going to happen soon. We're looking forward to doing a lot of stuff with you guys in the near future, so stay tuned, yeah. everybody. Stay tuned. All right, guys, we will uh, catch you on the flip. Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus... You get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean. Uh, This isn't a full episode, this is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back.